Hey, welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. Good morning, Project Church. Yes, we're giving God praise, not Chrissy praise. Let's give God praise this morning. Humble. I'm so humble. Okay, just kidding. Why did I say that? Good morning, Project Church. How's everybody doing? You ready for the Word of God, the teaching of the Word, the preaching of the Word? Listen, if you have missed any of the um, messages in the last few weeks, you could always jump on projectchurch.com and take a look at them, watch them, listen to them, um, because I don't want you to miss a verse of Mark. There is so much that we wish we could dive into on a Sunday morning, but we're just giving like 30 minutes for like a few verses. But there could be hours spent in, in really digging into the Word of God. So we just encourage you to look up um, the old messages, get in the Word, read this on your own. Also jump into a community group. We jump into the Word even deeper than on Sunday morning. And this is a way for you to grow in your relationship with other people, but also grow in your understanding of the Word. But yeah, check it out, projectchurch.com. Caleb spoke a great message last week on servant leadership. Who was here for that? Yes, it was excellent. It was a wonderful message. And um, I wanted to bring that up because uh, the message that I'm going to talk about and the person that I'm going to talk about is in a very different position than the people that Caleb was talking about last week. So Jesus is in the final um, moments of his ministry just before he's entering into the final days of his life, really, here on earth. And he's really, we're coming to a point in scripture where he's about to perform his final miracle. And just before he performs his final miracle, he has a run-in with two of his disciples and their mom. Somebody say, um, mama's boys. Okay, good. Just wanted to make sure that we remember that's what hap what's happening here. Um, so the story before G that Caleb talked about yesterday was that James and John, disciples of Jesus and their mother, was really inquiring of Jesus on how they can be exalted and brought and elevated to be seated at the right hand uh, and right and left hand of the Father. And what's so interesting is that it's not just James and John, it's the mother. And I think it's so interesting because, don't get me wrong, I'm a mom. I want my kids to be the absolute best at everything they do. In fact, I want them to win all the time. In fact, we have a slogan in our house that, who are we? They say Coles. And what do we do? And they say we win because we want to win, okay? We 100% want to win. In fact, but we have delineated what a winner actually is. A winner is someone who tries their best, has a good attitude, and never gives up. So don't, don't get all crazy like, oh my God, they're so arrogant. No. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. What was so interesting is that Jesus says, what would you want me to do for you? And they say, put us at the right and left hand of the Father. And then we come to chapter 10, verses 46, and we come upon a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. And he says to the blind man, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And he wants his sight to be recovered. And, you know, I think it's an interesting juxtaposition between the disciples and then Bartimaeus. And these two inquiries give us a blueprint for how we should navigate dark times. 
It gives us a blueprint for how we should navigate when we're depressed, when we're full of anxiety, when we're irritated, when we're mad, when we're frustrated, when we're having a hard time, when we are walking through 2020, we understand how we should do it based off of the blind beggar Bartimaeus. Here's what I want to submit to you. That sometimes when we're walking in darkness, when we're in the middle of difficulties, and perhaps when we're concerned about our position, you know, let me, let me just say this. COVID has been hard. COVID 2020 has been difficult. But what I'm seeing and what I'm perceiving is that everyone is so obsessed with their position on everything. Their position on mass or no mass, church or no church. You know, there's some people who are so woke, woke, that they are more Republican or more liberal or more left or more right than they've ever been in their life. They're so convinced of the position that they have on something. And I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't think that God's interest is on what our position is than what our perspective is. And, and here's the thing. What we see is that there's disciples there's some mature Christians who've been walking with Jesus day after day, month after month, and they're interested in position while this blind beggar who is desperate and has nothing is concerned about getting perspective. I think we can learn something about this. And, you know, it's not even about the positions of political positions. It's also about our position like, oh, my goodness, I have nothing. I, I, I have nothing. My financial position is in despair and we're concerned about our position. Oh man, I don't know if I have the role I want with my boss. I don't know if I have that, that um, you know, I want that next, that, that, that promotion, and I need that, that position so desperately. I need people's understanding and perspective of me and the position I have on social media and the amount of followers I have. Like, this is more important to you than what God's perspective is. And I think we need to get out of the position predicament and get interested in the perspective of our Savior. The greatest miracle for some of our most desperate times of need is less about position and more about perspective. Bartimaeus just wanted to see he just wanted to see. He just wanted perspective. He just wanted to see his Savior. He just wanted to know and see Jesus, the one he knew who would rescue him. Can we get more concerned about the perspective of Jesus? Can we set our minds on things above and not on earthly positions? For we have died and your life is now hidden in Christ. Let's stop trying to have all these positions and just be hidden in Christ and understand and see through his eyes, see through his perspective. Jesus and his disciples in this next few verses and passages that I read, they give us an encouragement that is the same encouragement that I think that we need today. Take heart. Get up. He is calling you. Somebody say, get up. Get up. Your perspective is keeping you in the position that you're in. If your perspective doesn't change and you don't get up, your perspective will not change. My perspective here is going to be the same if I'm just here all day. See? See, nothing's changing. I can't see the back row. But when I say, I set my mind on things above, my perspective is different. Get up. Somebody should have gotten up and said, amen, and they have to wave the hanky at me. Okay. All right. That's good. All right. So, 
Take heart is the encouragement that disciples gave. Get up. He is calling you. He is calling you. You are not going to know your calling until you get up. Some of you are restricted to what you've been doing because you have not gotten up. Take heart. Jesus will help you see. Take heart. Jesus will give you perspective. Take heart. It's less about position and more about perspective. Take heart. Jesus has a miracle waiting for you on the other side of the right perspective. So let's jump into Mark 10, 46 through 52 and hear about the blind beggar Bartimaeus. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we've been on this journey through Mark so that we can know you more. God, the purpose of these Sundays is to know you more, to find life and freedom in you. So may your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And we, may we follow it all the days of our lives. God, may we be transformed in this room. May we not leave here the same. May we be changed by the presence of God. May we be changed by the word of your, straight from your mouth. God, may we be changed. And may others see your light because of what change you've done in our lives. We love you and we commit this time to you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. So this miracle of sight and perspective for Bartimaeus happens, I believe, because Bartimaeus was a guy with some heart. He was a guy with some heart. You know, sometimes we think that the underdogs are the people who have heart. But you know that every single person who sits in this room has, who has accepted Jesus into their life has victory on their side. So I, I don't want us to walk into this message thinking that oh, I'm the underdog, the enemy has me under his foot and I need to take heart. No, you are a victor, not a victim. You are a victor, you have victory. The end goal is victory because the goal has already been achieved by Jesus. Jesus says, take heart for I have overcome the world. You can take heart today. We are gonna receive this message, not as the underdog, but as the victor. And we're gonna receive this with abundance and overflow and understanding that God is wanting to till, still, even in the abundance of living for him, to take heart. Can we take heart? Take heart. What happens when we take heart? Number one, first we become bold. Somebody say bold. Bold. Verse 47, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, you have to understand that in this day, when somebody was sick or had some kind of ailment or an obvious um, you know, handicap, that the religious people, listen to this, the religious people of the day would say, oh man, what did they do to get that blind eye? What sin did they commit? And you know, if they didn't commit a sin, then what did their parents do 
to cause them to be the way that they are. Read about, we read about this in John 9, 1 through 2, um, where they're talking about another blind man. The, the, the disciples say, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Can this just be a warning, church? That we don't know why people have the ailments that they have. We don't know why people are in the state or in the state of mind that they are in. So let's stop being the religious people of Jesus' day and bringing it into modern day and calling it discernment. Because I'm, I'm tired of people not understanding or accepting or receiving the love of God because we've been too religious. Listen, you know that this blind beggar understood himself to be less than what he actually was. I mean, he's, you know, he's not just saying, Jesus, heal me. He's saying, Jesus, have mercy on me. And oftentimes the word mercy is more about forgive me. So all these people have labeled him a sinner or his parents a sinner. And he's had all these stigmas, had all these labels on him. And what, 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 what he thinks about himself is that he's, he's, he's not good enough. So he's like, oh, Jesus, please have mercy on me. No, we, that, that's not what, what Jesus is saying to him or wanting him to know of himself. You know, mercy is about having compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone who it is within one's power to punish or harm. Perhaps this man was expectant of a miracle, but maybe because of what people have told him of himself, he didn't even know how to ask it. Do you know what I'm saying? And so I want us to just be encouraged to get bold. He didn't have to take responsibility for sin or the sin of others, but what did he do? He took responsibility that, I think that he thought he should have taken. And I think we can learn from the blind beggar, even though he, didn't, he wasn't really in the wrong, that we need to start taking responsibility for our own sins. Because, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, we don't understand why people have the ailments and they're in the state of mind that they are in, and we don't know why, you know, I mean, come on. Sometimes you're like, oh, why is their bank account? Why is the bank account empty? Probably haven't been faithfully tithing, you know? Or it's like, oh, um, oh, why did, why did that relationship end? Probably because they were unpure. You know, like, it's like we, we do all these things. We say all these things, and we don't really know that. And so I want us to recognize that there are moments, however, where some of our bad choices have led to really bad consequences in our lives. So when that is the case, then we need to take responsibility and being bold is being honest and being vulnerable and recognizing that we need God's help. So when we're going to be bold, we need to make sure that we're taking responsibility for what we can take responsibility for. But also what I think is awesome is that the blind beggar isn't waiting for him to be positioned right next to Jesus in order to call out to him or cry out to him. He, 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 wasn't, he was taking responsibility, but he also wasn't waiting for the perfect circumstance. Some of us are waiting for the perfect circumstance before we call out, and we don't understand that that is the opposite of being bold. That's being controlled. That's being controlling. And we need to just cry out to God, are you bold enough to believe that the messages that you've been hearing week after week, month after month, can really change your life? Because I, I'll be honest, one of the most disheartening things that we see as a team, as a, a leadership team, is sometimes when we see 
people hearing a message, encountering the presence of God, falling on their face, crying before him, and then they walk out of here the same. And listen, it's not even, it's not even just the leaders. It's because we know God's heart is that you would not stay the same. He wants so badly for you to change and be closer to him and to understand him and to walk in freedom and to walk in life. But sometimes we get in the presence and we're left unchanged. So I want you to be encouraged to get bold, take some responsibility, but also don't wait for the perfect circumstance. It's not going to be the perfect circumstance for the lights to be like, like shading you and they won't see you up praying with people. That's never going to happen. Sometimes some lights are going to be on. So you can get bold and pray with people who are coming down at the altar who are willing and ready to pray for you. So we need to become bold. Let's become bold. Second, what happens when we take heart? We get desperate. Verse 48, and many rebuked him, telling him to be silent, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. So I was thinking about a time that I recently became desperate, and I think a lot of the moms in the room can understand. Um, you know, when my kids are acting a fool and kind of acting crazy at home, it's cool. Figure it out. I'm just like, figure it out. Yeah, got to get it together, blah, blah, blah. But when we're in public, I get desperate. And then I just go, okay, we're fine, we're fine. I'm just like sweating. My armpits are sweating, and I'm like perspiring. Firing and I'm just like, just get it together, get it together. Love you, honey, honey, stop yelling. No, 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 no. Ooh. And then I'm like, ouch, mom. I'm like, no, 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 everything's fine. And you get desperate when things are in public. Am I right? Come on. Did Canaan say ow? Ah, oh, yes, he did, but Jesus forgives me. <laughs> I mean, come on, don't take it too far. He's fine. It was just a little, you know. But sometimes we get more desperate when things are seen in public because we're like trying to save face because we're trying to just keep it together because we're trying to control everything. We get desperate because we're trying to control everything. Have you ever thought that maybe sometimes God wants us to get in a place of desperation so he, think, he brings things out into the light? I am thankful that there are times where I've been challenged because things are brought out into the light. Sometimes God puts us in positions when there is no hiding our blindness. There was no hiding Bartimaeus' blindness. But whether he got there because somebody sinned or not, I believe that that blindness brought him to his miracle. It brought him to his miracle. And some of the things that we are hiding in this room are being kept in hiding because you're not ready to receive the miracle that God has for you. God wants to do something in your life, but we need to bring it out of hiding. You know, blind Bartimaeus, all he had was his blindness to work with. And no one has anything to work with. God doesn't have anything to work with if we're just like holding on to the struggle. He wants you to get desperate. We've got to get desperate. When we get desperate, Sometimes we get to the point where we're either going to choose him or we're not. We're either going to choose him or not because now it's out in public. <laughs> I mean, blind Bartimaeus, he was, everybody was ridiculing him, telling him to shut up, and he could have just like shied away, but I think that actually propelled him 
to say, yes, I am blind. I have this cloak on. Save me. Help me see again. Church, can we be a desperate church that's not trying to hide everything and control things and do things on our own? Let's be a desperate church next. Taking heart looks like we recognize our call. Verse 49 through 50, and Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up. Someone say, get up. He is calling you and throwing off his cloak, throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. First of all, I want you to recognize that in this passage, Jesus was calling the blind man. He was calling the blind man, but he told the disciples to call the blind man. Some of us need to recognize that, yes, God is calling you, but he's going to use community to call you. You cannot do this thing of community and church on your own. Listen, some of us are trying to do the journey of walking with Jesus on our own, and you're just not going to be able to do it. I love that, you know, Jesus said, call him, and then the the, the disciples so generously extrapolated, call him, to take heart, get up, he is calling you. And I believe that there have been people in my life that have been placed in my life that had extrapolated the call of God on my life. I think about this week, I kind of had a hard week, don't need to go into details, um, but if you follow me on Instagram, Chrissy D. Cole, <laughs> um, I wrote about it. You know, sometimes you just have those super long like super duper long captions, and it's like it's a caption. Isn't that supposed to be like 33 words or less? No, I wrote seven paragraphs. So you can read about it more there, but I had a hard week. Um, Caleb, was, Caleb was out of town, and I, I had a moment where I was just like, man, I, if I keep this in, then I am not going to make it through this week. Did I want to like kind of hide it and not let people see it, and people that I felt like should be following me, should they see me in this this point of a little bit of frustration and a little bit of discouragement. When, when Canaan was struggling with an asthma bit, he had an issue this week. Like, am I going to just like be like, no, I got it. I got it handled. Kale's out of town. I got this. I'm a woman. Hear me roar. You know, whatever. I don't, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> is that what women do? Okay, sorry. Um, but Jesus reminded me that he's placed so many people in my community around me to help me through these moments. He helped me with this, this community that was able to pray for me. And you know what I realized, and this is something that I want you to recognize in your life, I want you to just stop and think about the people that need you in your life. I named people in my life, I was thinking about my kids, Caleb desperately needs me. Um, <laughs> the church, different friends, family, all, different people who need me. And then I realized if that group of people is disproportionate to the amount of people that actually fuel me, then it's going to be rough. I'm not going to make it. But if the amount of people that fuel me are in proportion to the amount of people that need me, then I'm going to make it. That's what God gives us with community. And so I just want you to be careful if you are alone, if you're suffering on your own, and if you're having a hard time on your own, and you don't have community who's helping you pull you out of that rut, pull you out of that hole, pull you out of that pit, if you don't have that community, then it's, it's gonna, there's going to be like a slow destruction internally, and before you know it, externally, it'll manifest itself. And we don't want 
that to happen to anybody. But let's take care of it internally. Let's have people around us. Community is our heart here. If the heart of the church is not strong, then I don't, I don't think that we would be doing, we would be doing most things in vain. And we're just doing things for the external. But if our heart is not healthy, if our heart is not healthy, we're not living out the call that God has on our lives. God's call for your life before really anything else is the, the, the body of Christ is to be called to the family of God. So surround yourself with community. So we see that Jesus has called us. We recognize our call when we take heart. We recognize that Jesus called um, blind Bartimaeus through his disciples, through community. And then verse 50, this is my favorite part. And you probably were thinking it as I came to it. If not, you're about to get it. And throwing off his cloak, and throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. He sprang up and came to Jesus when he threw off his cloak. What is your cloak? Is it the dreams that Caleb preached about a few weeks ago with the jackets? Is it those dreams, those, those old dreams that God's just saying, throw those old dreams out the door. I have something better for you. Throw those old identities out the door. I have something different for you. I have a new identity I want to give you. Throw out all those labels that people are putting on you. I have another label, and it is chosen, called by God, son and daughter of the Most High God. This is the cloak that Jesus is telling us to proverbially throw off. Throw it off so that you can receive and come to Jesus. So much of us have been walking around with a cloak of shame, with a cloak of guilt, with a cloak of remorse, and he's saying, no longer come to me. No longer come to me. Some of you have let your guilt and condemnation kept keeping you from Jesus, and he's just saying, throw it off, come to me. Naked as all can be, just come to Jesus exactly as you are. Come just as you are. The cloak let people know that blind Bartimaeus was a blind beggar. That identified blind people as blind and as beggars. No longer will you let the things of this world label you or cloak you with what is incorrect. Let's walk in freedom. Let's walk in love. Let's walk in the cloak and the call that God has for us. Next. Next, what happens when we take heart? We receive a miracle. Thank God we receive a miracle. Like I was waiting for you to get here because some of you are waiting for a miracle and God has something for you. Verse 51, it says, And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Can we just settle something here right now? Because this is really at baseline. This is really foundational to what we need to understand about this message. That this is the very heart that God has for us. What do you want me to do for you? Do you know how much God loves you? Do you know how much he wants to just pour out his blessing on you? I mean, I think that we've been shielding him with all these cloaks that we've been wearing, and he's just saying, take that off, give me your hands, and let me just pour out on you and receive all that I have for you. And again, it's not the promise of a husband. It's not the promise of a full bank account. It's not the promise of position. It's the promise of perspective. That's the greatest miracle that needs to take place here right now. And for us to recognize in our human nature that we are called by God and that we 
are loved by him is the revelation that every single person needs in this room that gives, gives us the baseline for moving forward. We need to receive a miracle. Settle it in your heart that God wants to do and work a miracle in your life. That's what he wants to do. We need to receive the miracle. And then we move on to verse 52. And for my final point, what happens when we take heart? We share in our miracle. Did you know that in other scriptures and other versions of this scripture, we see that Bartimaeus is not alone. Bartimaeus is actually um, with another blind beggar that Jesus also heals. And then in Luke, in the passage, in um, this account in Luke 18.43, it says, And all the people, when they saw the miracle, and all the people, when they saw the miracle, gave praise to God. This miracle, please don't pigeon it whole to a position that you need to be out of or in. Recognize that you need a miracle for perspective. And when we receive the right miracle, we can't boast in ourselves. We boast in God and what he does, and that brings God glory. But when we're concerned about our own position, concerned about what our own desires are, and concerned for things going the way that we want them to go, and the way we think that things should go, then when we're concerned about that so much, and position, and not perspective, then we shortchange the people who need to see the miracle of God taking place in our lives. Can we get to a place where we can humbly receive a miracle of perspective, and then share in our miracle because there are desperate people in 2020. There are desperate people, despairing people, people without hope, people who are depressed, people who are full of anxiety, people who are hopeless that need to know that God wants to do a miracle in their lives. You know, at our Sisters Night, it's a women's event that we have three times a year, and then once a year we have fashion, which is a Sisters Night on steroids. Um, this past week, or a couple weeks ago, we had three ladies sit up here and they were talking about how God had changed their lives. Alex talked about how God had taken her out of this depression and anxiety and a life full of sin into his marvelous life. He, she was changed. And then there was Becky, who she, man, she had walked through a really hard religious religion and very different. I mean, I can go into details. It's just too much, but despairing things full of despair in her family and her marriage and then God did a miracle and then there was Melissa she just walked through newly becoming a widow and then she God God gave her a different perspective can I tell you that those ladies they weren't considered they weren't concerned about their position on stage and platform they were concerned that you and the women of this church would hear the perspective that God wants to change your life and God's going to do it in my life then he's going to do it in your life as well he wants to change you. So receive a miracle today. Receive the miracle of perspective and share that miracle with others. But there's other things besides perspective that I know that we're all looking for. There's some real requests that you might have. There's some real miracles that you're searching God for. There's some financial miracles that you're looking for. There's some relational miracles that you're looking for. There's some there's some 2020 miracles that you're looking for. Whatever it is, God wants to do that in your life. He wants you to just cry out to him. He wants you to get desperate for him. He wants you to cry out to him, call to him, and recognize you have a call. And then he's going to give you the miracle so that you can walk out that call. So I don't know what miracle it is that you're looking for today, but I, I just feel inclined that we would all bow our heads and close our eyes and that we would 
have our hands out ready to receive. What is the miracle? If you, if you wanna do that, you can lift your hands up even right now. What miracle is it that you wanna receive? Who have you been praying for that you want to know Jesus, that you want them to be changed by the love of God? Who is it that is waiting and hoping to adopt a child and you're waiting for that, the, the, the green light in that? What is the miracle of provision that you've been looking for? What is the miracle of, of, of healing that you've been desperate for? What is the miracle of, of perspective that you're needing in a situation that just keeps on getting you jammed up in your job and that keeps on having you and your spouse beat heads and butt heads about. What is the miracle? God, I pray that right now you would pour out miracles right now. As they begin to, go ahead, just ask him for the miracles that you want in his life. Speak it out right now. Get desperate for God. Who cares who's listening to you? Who cares who hears the miracle that you need? If you need a job in here, just say, Jesus, I need a job. Go ahead, utter whatever words that you need. You need provision, utter those words right now. He wants to do a miracle in your life. God, we're getting desperate for you. Some people are getting bold. Few people are whispering. Some people are getting louder. But what do we need from God? God, we need a move of you. God, we need unity. God, we need your fresh outpouring of a spirit. God, we need you. We need provision. We need help. We need help. We're desperate for you. We're nothing without you. We are poor in spirit without you. We need encouragement in the room. There are some who are lonely. There are some, some who are desperate. God, who feel like nothing is going to change. So God, we need revelation of hope. We need ministry to take place right now in this room. God, pour out your blessing on them. Come on, trust him right now. God, I believe that you're, you're making miracles happening even if we cannot see it. You're making a miracle happen. We trust you for it right now. Thank you, Jesus. But church, one of the greatest miracles that you can receive is the gift of salvation. It's the gift of salvation. Only Jesus can change you from the inside out. And if you've been sitting here listening to this message and you're wondering, man, I want to be changed by him. I want new life. I want, I want my heart to change. I want my situation to change. But let me tell you right now, nothing's going to change without the love of God transforming your world. Make him Lord of your life. Accepting him into your life is saying that, God, I submit everything to you. I trust you for everything. I trust that you're gonna take control of my life and that you're gonna do big and better and greater than I could ever think, imagine, or dream of. So God, we trust you for salvation in this room. If that's you in this room and you want salvation and you want to accept Jesus into your life, you wanna say that you are the Lord of my life. If that's you in this room, I'm gonna count to three. I'm counting to three just because I know it's your moment. You're thinking about it. It's a big decision. It's the most important decision that you can make in your life. But if you are wanting to have Jesus come into your life to change you from the inside out, if that's you in this room on the count of three, would you raise your hand? One, two, three. Is that you in this room? I see that hand. I see those hands. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Amen. Amen. Come on, everybody in this room, would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for bringing me here today to hear your voice, to hear from your word. I accept you into my life. I accept that I need you. I believe that you love me. I believe that you can change me from the inside out. I confess my sins and I confess my need. So I receive you in my life today 
miracle of Jesus in my heart right now. Give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. I love you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen, amen. Come on, can we give it up for those who gave their life to Jesus? Would you stand in this room? We're gonna sing one more song. And if you are hoping or believing for a miracle, there's some prayer partners who are up here who are ready to pray for you. Get bold, get desperate, and watch God clarify the call on your life and also perform the miracle that you've been waiting for. And we're gonna sing this song talking about the faithfulness of God, amen? Come on, sing with us. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church Podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.